The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down and did him homage and said, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of his servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When the servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servant servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you unless you, each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. I just wanted to, first thing I want to do is just say thank you. Um, and what I want to say thank you about is it is, it is so beautiful. And, and, and I just think about for the Lord, his heart that he has beating seated at the right hand of his father. It's so beautiful to hear y'all respond, to hear you sing the alleluia, to hear you engage in this time of worship. So thank you for that. It's, it's so beautiful to see each week. It's almost like the volume just keeps tuning, turning up a little more, right? Shout beyond this roof right up to heaven, right? And it's beautiful because, you know, the reality is oftentimes there's people here that are visiting for the first time. I've had a few people come up to me and they're like, this is my first time ever in a Catholic church. What do I do? Or others who are just showing up and they're looking and observing and they see, they see, they witness right? They witnessed the beauty of, of this time of worship, this encounter with our Lord. So thank you for that. There are, I, I read once, I can't remember the book or the author, so I apologize for not being able to give credit, but someone wrote about the seven desires of the human heart. Seven desires of the human heart. And I'm not going to go through all seven desires, but I've been reflecting a lot. I have it written in, on a magnet. I have it up on my 
microwave. <laughs> so I look at that myself, right? The desires, because there's desires in my own heart too, right? But seven desires of human heart. And two desires that I want to speak about or share with us this morning are the desires to be chosen, the desire to be chosen, and then desire to be included. To be chosen, included. Last night we had our, our festival, our Paris festival, and it was great to see all the jump houses. There are like multiple jump houses on the green space over there. And the kids were all excited. But every, you can see in the little ones, no matter how little, even if they're real, real little and they're in their mom or dad's arms, they're looking at the older ones, right? They're looking at the older ones, look at what they're doing. And they all in a way, they have this desire in their heart. They want to be chosen too. They want to be pulled aside, chosen. It's, it's your turn. It's your turn to go up the slide. But they also have this desire, little ones we can learn from, to be included, to be included in the fun. And, and, and it's amazing when you see a playground and sometimes I, I was telling someone the other day is, you know, we all have our days that maybe aren't the best of days, right? And it's kind of, and, and if I ever wanna shot a joy in my arm, I just go by our cradle pre-K playground and I just watch them play, right? The little ones, right? It's like, man, that's gonna be heaven, you know, when they're, when they're sharing, when they're, you know? But there's still, but everybody wants to be chosen. Everyone wants to be Included. What's St. Paul saying in, in, in Romans, speaking to us, obviously through the living word of God, but speaking to the Roman people at the time in his letter there, this one phrase, this one phrase, this living word of God that each of us can maybe memorize and carry into our Monday, into our Wednesday. Imagine this spontaneous prayer in our heart. This simple phrase, we are the Lord's. Can you say it with me? Okay, I'm not convinced yet. A little louder, please. You're almost louder than the 730. 730 was rocking the house. We are? We are the Lord's. Awesome. Okay, so that notion of we are the Lord's, like, like I have been chosen. I am included. And we come together and we come in this communal time of worship where we come together and, and, and yes, it's important to have that private prayer. It's important to have that. But even when we pray a private prayer and we pray to our Father, we pray to our Father when we pray for each other. Right? So it's not just only my personal relationship, it's my communal relationship. Jesus formed a team. He was bringing people together and he wanted them to know and he wanted everybody else to know that listen, I'm the Lord walking. You don't understand me. You're wondering who this miracle worker is. My divinity is concealed in my humanity. Not everybody's gonna see me transfigured on Mount Tabor, but I know all of you and I love all of you and I want you to be mine and I wanna be yours. As he played, prayed at the Last Supper, I will be yours and you will be mine. Remain in my love. We are the Lord's. I think it was very consoling reading scripture, especially reading the gospels at time. Obviously, it's the living word of God. It's the living word of God speaking to us in the today of our heart, and we can relate with that. Why is it that we can relate with so much that goes on in the gospels, the stories and everything? Because they're stories from a heart, from the sacred heart of Jesus to our hearts. And he was trying to reach the hearts of those who were his followers, who he had chosen and who he's including to be his intimate follower, followers in that one moment of time. So to maybe look through the lens of, say, this morning, Peter. 
I mean, Peter had a normal life. He was like us. He had a heart. He had his family. He had his job. He had his friends. He had people he got along with, people he didn't get along with. And maybe just, maybe, and I could be wrong, but in the gospel of the day, it says that Peter came up to Jesus and asked him a question. How many other times did Peter come up to Jesus one-on-one and ask him a question? How many encounters did Jesus have with, with, with Peter where he invited Peter to something? Hey, Peter, hey, they're bugging us about the temple tax, Peter. You're the fisherman. Tell you what, get a hook, go to the sea, cast it in, pull up the first fish you put, catch, and in his mouth will be a coin for you and me and go pay him. I don't know about you, but I could just see Jesus like, check this out, James, John, come on, check this out, let's, let's watch. I mean, like, what an, Jesus had the most radiating smile and the most welcoming spirit to him and that people could just like literally ask what they want. They could, if I just touch this guy, I'll be healed. So Peter, in one courageous moment, right? And maybe it was before or after the moment when he said, you are the son of the living God and all that stuff. And he said, well, Peter, that didn't come from you. That came from my father in heaven. And then like a few weeks ago, what did he say? He said, not you, Lord, you're not going to the cross. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So sometimes Peter put his foot in his mouth. Sometimes Peter got it right. But we learn a lot from the heart of Peter. So just imagine this moment, he comes up to our Lord and says, Lord, how many times do I need to forgive my neighbor? And maybe in Peter's heart, he was like, I'm gonna up the ante a little bit. The law says this, but you know what? I'm gonna say seven times because that's a little more than what the law requires. I'm gonna be generous. So maybe Peter's thinking that in his heart. How many times? Seven times, Lord? That's pretty good, huh? I'm learning from you. I'm listening to you. I'm gonna forgive someone seven times, but not eight times. And Jesus comes back and says, no, not seven times. Seven times, 70 times, which means an infinite amount of time, like always. And maybe just maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe in Peter's heart, He's walking over to talk to Jesus while the rest of the apostles are behind him and he comes up and asks that question and in his heart, he's like, you know what? You've chosen and you've included this guy called Matthew who's a tax collector. He ripped me off. He ripped me and my family off. He hit us so many times that I couldn't, at times I couldn't even feed my family, Lord. You mean I gotta forgive this guy? Because he's talking about his brother. Or maybe he's just kind of walking off and he's thinking he comes and talks to Jesus And in his heart, maybe he's thinking about James and John. Yeah, James and John, the guys who have that commercial fishing business. Lord, do you know they always got out quicker to the fish and they got more fish than me and sometimes I didn't catch anything at night because James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they had the market cornered in the Sea of Galilee and I could never catch. So my little business, they they suffered. because You mean I gotta forgive them? And my brother Andrew, let me tell you about my brother Andrew, Lord. We got in some fights growing up, right? If you saw the way he eats his bread in the morning, man, he doesn't close his mouth. It's annoying. I gotta forgive him. They didn't have Cheerios back then. Cheerios, right? I said Cheerios. Little ones are like, Cheerios. Yes, Honey Nut Cheerios. Father likes Honey Nut Cheerios. That was for the kids. Honey Nut Cheerios. But anyways, I don't know. I mean, they had human hearts. I'm not saying it happened like that, but man, imagine the conversation we can have in heaven. Oh, to long for heaven. I can't wait, please, Lord, let me get there with the help of y'all's prayers. I can't wait to sit next to Peter. Man, tell me your story. Let's go fishing, man. They're real. Heaven's gonna be real. It's gonna be something greater than we can ever experience. 
These are our friends who are praying for us now. Forgiveness. We are the Lord's. And if we are the Lord's, we're called to live as the Lord. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, all you who labor and burdened. Take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me because I'm meek and humble of heart. Learn from me. Where do we learn from Jesus about forgiveness? When he went to the cross, for you and me and his first words from the cross were, Abba, Daddy, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. When I sin, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm turning my back on Jesus, I'm going. He knew the hearts of the people down there at the foot of the cross. What do you mean, Lord, they know not what they do? They don't know that I'm the Messiah. They don't know that I love them. They don't know that they're really mine and I wanna be theirs. My brothers and sisters in Christ, here's where the challenge with forgiveness can be for you and for me, is if we lose sight of what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness takes one person. Reconciliation takes two. If you think about confession, we're so blessed now, 8 a.m. in the morning on Saturday, four to six on Friday, three to five on Saturday. It almost seems like not enough time. We now have two priests and people are coming. It's confession is called the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of reconciliation. It's not called the sacrament of forgiveness. Yeah, but Father, we receive forgiveness there. Yes, we do. Because it only takes one person to forgive. And the one who waits for us, who loves us, whose heart is open to us, who has chosen us, who wants to include us in his, his redemptive plan and his forgiveness and his love and his mercy is Jesus. Jesus is the one who offers it, but it takes two to reconcile. When we go and we go to our Lord, we reconcile with him and his church. We reconcile with Jesus. The reality is, in this life, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and there may be some of you out there that are right now, Father, are you telling me that I need to forgive this person who hurt me and continues to hurt me, who I'm struggling with? Forgiveness doesn't mean you go back and you continue to be a punching bag. Forgiveness doesn't mean that, that you forgive somebody and you gotta totally reconcile with somebody when they're not ready to reconcile with you and you go back and have a barbecue with them or go out to breakfast with them or things get back to the way they were before. That's not forgiveness. There is a possibility that we may not reach reconciliation with other human beings who have hurt us or even people we have hurt in this life. We may not obtain reconciliation this side of heaven, this side of heaven. It takes two to reconcile. It takes one to forgive. So when Jesus says, forgive your brother, your sister from your heart, what he's talking about is, if you don't do that, a lack of forgiveness can be like a cancer in your heart that can eat at your heart. It can destroy the capability to love from your heart. I'm giving you an example. Forgive from the heart. One person, forgive from the heart. And if you don't have the strength to forgive from the heart, if you can't utter those words, I forgive you from the heart, Jesus says, come to me. 
Come to me, I will say it for you. You come to my sacred heart, crawl into my heart, and say, Lord, you forgive them. I don't have the strength to utter that right now, but I know you do. We are the Lord's. It is hard at times to forgive, but we pray that prayer every Mass. We teach our children to pray that. In the Our Father, we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we One more time, it can be really hard to reflect on this. Forgive us our trespasses as we One more time, forgive us our trespasses, Lord, and we mean it, and we lay it on the altar, we give it to you as we That's where we put it. That's where we put all the hurt, all the aching, all the whatever, we give it to Jesus. It's hard to forgive, it was hard for him to forgive from the cross. It takes one to forgive. And to forgive from the heart like Jesus brings liberation, brings peace, brings joy, makes room for the love of God to come into heart. Because we are the Lord's. We are the Lord's and we try to live like our Lord. I wanna close with this. Laying in the plane now, okay? Imagine you're weak. If you carry that little phrase, that scripture passage in your heart, we are the Lord's. Imagine if the Lord gave you the grace as you walk through your places of work, as you walk through your schools and your community and your neighborhood, gave you the grace to be able to see into the heart of other people as Jesus sees into your heart and sees into my heart and be moved by compassion as Jesus could, to be able to know that there is a lot of hurt in a lot of people's hearts and that you could bring the healing balm to the hearts of others just by offering a prayer of forgiveness for somebody. Imagine if we could see the hearts of others. I don't know if I could handle that. Our hearts would probably come a little more like Jesus. We'd be like stepping from the boat and seeing them like sheep without a shepherd, just wanting to pour it out for him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, forgiveness is hard, but forgiveness is possible with Jesus to forgive our brother, our sister from the heart because we are, we are the Lord's.